Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of Generation GC, All Black, from Good Morning Revival, Good Charlotte's fourth album in 2007. And my guest today is Avius. Last week, we talked about Predictable from the Chronicles of Life and Death, and next week, we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. Avius is a music producer, engineer, and songwriter from Ontario, Canada, who also runs his own studio. He's been listening to Good Charlotte pretty much his whole life, and he owns a lot of their physical records and even has a drumhead signed by every member. Good Morning Revival has always been his favorite album. He says the production really separates itself from the other GC albums, and he really likes how they incorporated synths and some dance elements. Avius was also big into artists like Metro Station and MGMT at the time, and was excited to hear GC maybe going a little bit in that direction. And since we do reference this on the episode a little bit, the good Charlotte love is all in the family here. His older sister is Loriana Lasavita, who was on episode 32 of Generation GC talking about bitter demons. We truly love to see it. Uh, brother, Brotherly, sisterly love of good Charlotte. What a great way to bond. I want to mention that I love having guests from all around the world on Generation GC and from all different backgrounds. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, you're good to go. I really want everyone listening to this show to feel like they are represented, um, to to share their perspective. And I, I just would really love for everyone that listens to this show to be able to go, wow, someone like me is on here. Um, so, hey, if you want to come on the show if you're interested in talking about Good Charlotte, if you feel like you have, you know, your own perspective, just anything you want to say, reach out. For the past several months, you know, uh, since last June, really close to a year, I guess, actually, um, you know, I've been advocating for Black Lives Matter in the podcast intros. I've also been including the mention about anti-Semitism. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, until a couple weeks ago, there really just wasn't enough attention drawn to the incredible amount of anti-Asian racism and anti-Asian hate crime that's happening all over. Um, I'm adding also the mention to antiasianviolenceresources.card.co to learn more. And that's going to have more statistics for you, as well as resources to educate yourself on how to actually be an ally. Something I also wanted to mention is... Uh, just all the people speaking up against the troubled teen industry, um, breaking code silence is kind of the hashtag of the movement. Um, Harris Hilton talked about this in her documentary. Danielle Bergoli, aka Bad Baby, has been speaking up about it. It's all, all over TikTok. Um, you know, to anyone that is a survivor of one of these troubled teen programs, whether that's, you know, you've, you've survived institutionalized abuse, neglect, any kind of psychological harm or just pseudoscientific practices, you know, I believe you. And I, I definitely encourage anyone listening to visit breakingcodesilence.net. Um, that is going to give you just more information, whether you're an ally, a supporter, or you are someone who is a survivor, what kind of resources you might find. On a more positive note, I did want to say thank you to everyone. Um, if you're listening to this episode on April 14th, 2021, the day that it comes out, uh, tomorrow, April 15th, 2021, marks one year of Generation GC, uh, one year since episode one on Little Things Went Live. And what a year it's been. 
I started this podcast, you know, I had the idea. It just sounded fun, kind of self-indulgent in a way. Um, and I was bored and <laughs> felt pretty depressed in the beginning of quarantine. Um, and I think at first I was just sure that we would only be inside for a couple weeks at most. And I didn't really think the podcast would last that long. And I just didn't know if anyone would care. Uh, it truly did not know if anybody would actually want to listen, but, uh, you, you guys have, which is so cool. It's, you know, as someone who's been in this music industry for such a long time, it's really just an incredible feeling to know that people care about what I'm doing and they care about the community around it that, you know, Generation GC. Yeah. I mean, it's just me in terms of creating and producing and editing and hosting the show, but it, it's so much more than that. It's about, you know, bringing the GC fam together. Uh, and, and that's, that's all of us. That's all of you. So thank you. I'm going to be throwing a birthday party over on zoom on April 15th, 2021. Uh, link to that will be in the show notes. Please join the generation GC fam Facebook group too. I'll post updates in there. Finally, generation GC stickers are here. If you do want some stickers, there's two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. And that money is all just going to go right back into making the show the best that it could be, helping me print and ship the stickers. Um, and it helps me get any equipment I need, microphone cables, laptop stand, headphones, things like that. Number two, you can make a charitable donation. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to donate to No Kid Hungry. Even, you know, whatever you can afford to give just makes a really big difference in feeding people who needs it. And then you're going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your donation to No Kid Hungry, as well as your mailing address, and I will send you some stickers. Pretty cool, right? Also, make sure you keep up with Generation GC on socials at Generation GC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, because I will just occasionally post things on there about different ways you can either spread the word about Generation GC or uh, just different things you can do to make the world a better place uh, and get some stickers in the process. Well, thank you for tuning in. And now on to episode 61. All Black. This one is track nine on Good Morning Revival, Good Charlotte's fourth album released in 2007. Track eight was Break Apart Our Heart and track 10 was Beautiful Place. The song was written by Benji and Joel Madden and producer Dan Gilmore. The backing vocals are by Bobby Page, Terry Wood, Maxine Waters, and Carmen Carter. This song has been played live, and originally in my notes I said not in North America, but I looked over <laughs> the, the, <laughs> when it was played, and I, I have changed that to mostly outside of North America because it was played in Calgary in July 2007. Um yeah, a, a few shows around, you know, Australia, UK, one in Glasgow. So, I, I don't know. Never never played in the US, though. Wow. N yeah, not a single. Um, so, no radio play, and there's no music video. I think this this would have been such a cool song to hear live, though. It, it was shocking to me when I, when I read that. Um, it said not played in North America. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, what? So yeah. yeah, seeing that 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 it has been at least once it makes sense to me now because I it's one of my favorites off the album for sure. It's so it's one of my favorites too. I mean, it's such a great track. It's so dramatic. 
Um, but I think of like what does what is in kind of regular rotation from this album live, and it's like dance floor anthem, keep your hands off my girl. Those are like the big ones that I feel like you mm-hmm. would be most likely to hear from this album. For sure. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this album. Like I'm always arguing with my sister about it because yeah, <laughs> she has her she has her opinions on what the best GC album is, and uh, yes. I don't know if I can, I can pick a favorite, but this one's definitely up there. Yeah. Well, I, I want to help our guests get to know you, and um, before we get into it, for sure, yeah, yeah, listeners, Avius is Loriana Lasavita's brother. Loriana was on the show for the song Better Demons from Generation RX. And I had tweeted, I think I just like tweeted about this album and she was like, oh, my brother. And I was like, hell yeah, it's in the family. (laughs) So I want to know, when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? Well, I mean, my obviously I first heard Good Charlotte from my sister. So it's it's just funny that my only claim to fame in the GC community is being Laura's little brother. So hi, everybody who's listening and knows who my sister is. I'm just her shadow. But um, yeah, no, obviously, I first heard Good Charlotte from my sister. Um, and I'm honestly like, I don't want to throw my sister under the bus and tell an embarrassing story, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. Like my literal first memory of like hearing the words Good Charlotte was I was at my Nona's house with my sister. And she was I think she was supposed to go to a concert. Uh, this was like a long time ago. I can't remember the exact year. Oh my gosh, maybe 2003 or something. I don't know. I was young and she was supposed to go. And then like at the last second, couldn't go and was like crying her eyes out. Oh no. <laughs> and I just remember like asking her what the, like, what was the matter? And I was so young. And like, she explained to me that she was like, I would love Joel. I want to see them. And, all this stuff. and I was like, so <laughs> oh, little, no. I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, oh, it's okay. And I was just like listening to her. And like, I, that's when I first like learned what they were, just my sister's obsession. And then, uh, I think she actually ended up going that night. I think my dad like came and surprised her ticket. Something happened. She ended up going and, uh, this was like, like early GC era. And then like, she came back and then just had like a bunch of stories to tell me and everything from the show and how like I was this close to him and like all that stuff. And then that's just my first memory of, of like, you know, being aware of who they were. And I just, I guess from that point onward, it was just, um, she just brought me along for the ride and was always just like showing me when they release stuff. And they're pretty much my first, I'd say first band that I actively like listened to and had CDs of just because like my sister was there sure. to kind of like help curate the taste, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I, I, w- I was going to ask who was older. Um, She's like five years older than me. So. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I also like to ask everyone, have you ever seen Good Charlotte live? Yeah, so I, I've only seen them once, and even that was like she. It took so long for it to happen. It was one of those things where when I was there with her, we were looking at each other. It's like I can't believe this is finally happening because for years she was trying to get me to go with her. And the thing is, like she um, always will be seeing them out of the continent, all over the yeah. place. And like I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't left the continent yet. It's my dream to travel and go somewhere, but like just the timing was always inconvenient. Sure. Like, just drop everything and come to Europe with me. I was just like, okay, I can't. But they finally played Dreams, in, Detroit, in Detroit. Yeah. And uh, when they played in Detroit, I was like, okay, I'll come with you. And uh, it was a blast. I, I had such so, a fun time. So international, technically, for you. True, true. Yes. <laughs> Although <laughs> I, I, know I, that's, yeah. I know that's not um, that far 
because you're from Windsor, I want to say. Yeah, Windsor. So yeah. honestly, a drive to Detroit, well, not right now because the board is closed, right. but it's yeah. literally something I do month, maybe monthly or twice a month. It's like a 10-minute right. drive. So Yeah. 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 I had a, a friend in college. I went to school in Ohio, um, and I had a friend that like briefly dated a guy that was in Windsor, and she would just take like a bus to Detroit and then like, you know, take whatever mm-hmm. transit like over. Yeah, that is the one thing I love about my city, being a border city. It's like basically Detroit feels like my backyard, you know, for shopping or concerts. I've seen like 90% of the concerts I've been to are in Detroit. So Yeah, Detroit gets, I I feel like most major tours would go to Detroit for sure. I've I've seen everybody there, like Kanye, like the Gorillas, everything. So Amazing. Well, I want to know about how you got started making music. Oh, this is an exciting question. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful because I couldn't ramble forever. So go for it. Yeah. Um, I've been making music for about I think eight years now. Um, oh wow. I try not to like count the years because sure. like I feel like it puts pressure on like oh my god I've been doing it for this long or whatever. <laughs> it's not a competition, so I think it's been eight years. But I've kind of been involved with playing instruments for longer than that. It was I think eight years ago um, that I actually it was like okay i'm gonna apply my knowledge and learn a software and actually try to write my own stuff um but um i mean like my stem for like like my love for music stems from um like i'd say or i would say what my love for creating music stems from video games actually originally really yes um like I've always, obviously always loved listening and dancing to music and whatever, as long as I can remember being alive. But like the instinct to create music and, and play music and write music originally came from video games because as a child, uh, I mean, video games have some great music. And um, I just, there was always a piano at my Nona's house. And every time I would go there as a child, I would always like play around with the keys. And it wasn't long before um, I just started learning by ear, like songs from my favorite video games. It just felt uh-huh. natural to me you know and it was something to, something to do while i was at my nona's house uh before like dinner was ready and i was just bored i would just like play around with their piano and then like before i knew it i was just kind of like playing with both hands and it was just just came very natural to me and i always had a love for like i said video games and computers and stuff and when i saw that like the way technology was moving uh with like music being created on the computer it yeah. just felt like an, the next natural step would, would be to try to learn um how to combine my two favorite things like technology and music. So yeah, that's kind of how I got started and I haven't looked back. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm really excited to have you because I, a few years ago, I learned that a lot of people in the electronic music world, a lot of producers and DJs are current or former emo kids uh, who Absolutely. love bands like, good Charlotte, um, or at least like grew up with that. And I, I would love to hear from you besides, you know, your own music, of course, like what are some, cause I have some, I have some in my mind, um, that are people that I know of as like former scene kids, but, uh, I would love to hear your ideas of like what electronic artists you would recommend to a GC fan who wants to check out that whole style of music. Hmm. Oh, that's a big question. Honestly, like for electronic, there's a, it's a more, I'd say it's a more recent uh, boom of like mm-hmm. he- hearing the punk and emo sound in electronic. Whereas if you ask me that about that question with hip hop and rap, I could probably give so many answers because like, I think for yeah. years, the past, I'd say from 20, 
15 onward like we're seeing so much uh like punk emo um early 2000s influence in pop music in general whether it's like hip-hop rap electronic whatever um and i think the reason for that is just because time's just moving forward and all these all these kids that grew up listening to that are now old enough to make it to make that music you know and you're just hearing it in their musical dna you're hearing all these influences like you can't deny that people like you know peep and uh, X and all those guys like mm-hmm. have some sort of like, r- like they have a raw, like punk emo rock background. Whereas like some of the rappers 10 years before them, there was none of that. It was just kind of purely lyrical and not about like having guitars and those kind of vibes. And it's just cool to see that, that, that mesh happen over time for electronic music. I'd have to think, um, I don't know, like something that, Hmm. I don't know if you, have you heard of a hundred gex? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'd say something more in line with like the hyper pop wave nowadays, like, um, hundred gex is just like a very quick example, but like basically anything affiliated with them, there's a very clear influence of like scene music in that I'd say mm-hmm. with the melodies and kind of like just the way their vocals are, um, like processed and just yeah. are delivered. I, I heard someone, one of my friends, I think it was my friend Logan, who, I don't know, someone was comparing them to 303, or maybe they talked about 303 being a big influence in an interview. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you can hear it. And even if you don't hear it, they I'm pretty sure they went on record and mentioned that they love 303. Yeah. 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 I one, could be wrong, but I think there was a, a 303 remix on the 100 Gex album. Let me check, but continue. No, I was going to say one that comes to mind for me. Um, I mean, obviously, like Marshmello has mm-hmm. a couple collabs. Um, I I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before, but like I wrote a Marshmello when I was writing for Substream. I wrote an article about, you know, whatever song Marshmello had released and I, I called it pop punk. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember a couple people kind of flamed me. <laughs> they were like, this isn't pop punk, WTF. And then like Joel Madden was even tweeting about the song. And I was like, all right, this is pop punk. Um, but another that comes to mind for me, at least in one song, OK has a song, I think it was Better Off, that literally sounds like, you know, a, a newfound glory song, mm-hmm. except it's, you know, electronic. See, I hate ugh, I hate people arguing about genres because at the end of the day, oh, yeah. it's like genres don't exist, really. Yeah. <laughs> like humans love to like categorize and just organize and label everything. So like they exist yeah. because we let them exist. But like when something falls in a category that's kind of a blend of things, there's always going to be people arguing like what it is because they don't. Right. These people that love Marshmallow don't want to think that they're listening to a pop punk song. Right. They and think people that. So, yeah people that love pop punk can be protective of that exactly or it could be yeah or it could be people like it could be the other way around people being like no i'm a pop punk fan i don't want to think that this artist is like under my umbrella right but the way it goes nowadays and basically any day because music's always moving forward is there's going to be so many emerging artists that are just a weird um mix of things you know that can't kind of be pinpointed right yeah yeah so I think that's good, though. This is uh, most people would agree that's good for music, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I I would say it is. Like, it's definitely. I feel like just renewed interest um, mm-hmm. 
in mm-hmm. a lot of different genres. I mean, that's how pop punk was born. There was a, there was a point when yep. it didn't exist and someone started making something different, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm looking at the uh, 100 Gex album right now. There's like a remix yeah. album they put out and yes. there's a Fall Out Boy remix. There is, there is. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't know, I can't see 303. Maybe I was remembering wrong. Maybe it was Fall Out Boy I was thinking of, but yeah. Yeah, I, I know the Fall Out Boy remix. It's honestly like... It sounds so like Fall Out Boy that I'm like, yeah, like hmm. this is just what I would have expected Fall Out Boy to do on their, on their next album because Fall Out yeah. Boy has had such an evolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Here it is. L- uh, 303 has a song with 100 Gex. So they have a song. Okay. To- they actually okay. have a song together. Okay. Wow. Crazy. Man, that'll be sick. I want to have 100 Gex on this show. I wonder if they like GC. Um, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you they do. Yeah. That'd be so sick. Mm-hmm. Well, we connected over your love of Good Morning Revival. So I want to know like what sticks out to you about the album as well as like, is this what you think you expected Good Charlotte to do at the time? Like after Chronicles, is this what you would have expected GC to be doing? Um, It's funny. Cause in like looking back, no, you know, mm-hmm. like now that I'm like older and understand how this stuff works and I'm an artist myself I, I look at their yeah. discography and I can I recognize that it was a bit of a left turn but I think what makes me a little bit different than my sister is the fact that I was so young when it came out that I didn't care or think about that stuff yeah <laughs> and I didn't even really like know what GC's sound was because I was so young that it was just kind of like whatever my sister puts on I just I either tell her I like it or I tell her I'd like play a different one right yeah. so like I just, that album came out and was in rotation for me so young in my life that I just accepted that it was GC because that's how I knew GC. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas like other fans, I can definitely sympathize with how they had a, years and years of mm-hmm. liking GC before that. And that kind of pulled them in a direction where they were like, ooh. But I just accepted it. And I was like, yeah, this this is good Charlotte. If anything, like, that album to me sounds more good Charlotte than a lot of them, you know? Because it's it's I I'm gathering or at least guessing that this was the first that you sort of looked forward to, like the first new one for you. Yeah, that might have been it. It might have been the first that like when it dropped, I was like a conscious DC or GC fan in the sense where like okay. I rem- I remember it being released, so there was like a little bit of excitement. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that though, and I feel like I don't know. My own experience is definitely colored by years of music journalism and running a blog and writing for other outlets and concert photography and all, um, where I have spent a, 10 years looking at music critically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my own experience with like growing up and listening to music as I get older is very colored by that. But I do feel like there's something special about stuff that you discover young because, yeah, you're you're just like, okay, I like this. You're not necessarily thinking about what's cool or what's quote unquote good. It's just like, I like mm-hmm. this. This makes me feel good. I, yeah. Yeah. There's no expectations. Like I just, yes. I just put it on and I was like, oh, cool. Nice, bright album cover. Like I remember, I remember looking at the album cover and thinking that the album cover looked like a little bit of a different like direction for them. But yeah. like, I never questioned the music that was put on. Yeah. Yeah. So. The orange album. Mm-hmm. Um, I refer to it as orange album. Yeah. Well, we will talk specifically about the all black remix, but 
As as a general whole, I would love to hear some of your thoughts on the 2008 Greatest Remixes release. So yeah, I have a very distinct memory of this too. Like my sister buying it and like putting it in. And the album, I thought the album cover was so cool with the skull. Such a cool album cover. (laughs) I still remember my sister would have it in her like dresser drawer in her bedroom. And I would like sneak into her room and then like (laughs) steal the CD and like play it. But I remember as a kid it being like so long, like the album being so lengthy. And yeah. like me only really like liking because I think Good Morning Revival is like 14, 14 songs and the remix is like what twenty yeah twenty yeah so I remember lot. only liking like a handful uh, and it was like well I loved Steve Aoki so I would just put the Steve Aoki one mm-hmm. on too but um, I liked the River remix and then there was like I think the Predictable remix almost felt like reggae ish or something yeah. if I remember yeah there's and a then couple like that feel yeah kind of reggae. Mm-hmm. And then the first, obviously, the first track, the Los Angeles Worldwide one's dope. But this is really the only ones I really remember. But I do remember, uh, like, loving the uh, Steve Aoki one and just stealing it from my sister and always playing it. I think it was an interesting move from there, like, you know, where they were at that point, like, especially yeah. venturing into electronic and so there's some rap stuff on there. I thought that was definitely, like, bold of them. Well, it's, like, you know, we'll we'll read reviews, um later in the show but like definitely this album did not get good reviews right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting that they were like hmm we did this dance album it didn't get good reviews (laughs) let's do a remix album and i i kind of wonder just if there would be different reception to something something like this coming out today because i feel like people today are more receptive Mm -hmm. of Maybe a punk band like Fall Out Boy doing a 100 Gex remix, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Marshmallow having a song with a day to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people are more accepting of that stuff now. So I, I wonder, like, were they like 10 plus years too early? Yeah, that's a like good this, point. You know? Like, there's always there's always the sacrifice you make with doing things way too early that like, even if yeah. it falls and like under the category of being labeled as corny or even if it's genuinely not good. You're almost being a martyr in the sense where it's like someone has to try it. And even if they fall or fail, like it, it was like someone did it to show that like, at least yeah. you can do it. Like they did take that sound and they did mix it with electronic and rap, which is yeah, literally 2008. Like who else was really doing it at that time? You know? Right. Right. Very, I mean, very they, early days to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have, there's the metro station. I think the most interesting part of this release to me, and and I I don't like this album, or at least <laughs> I did not like this album. But mm-hmm. honestly, our conversation is kind of making me like, okay, I, I honestly like I I need to give it more of a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I something that's really interesting to me on this is the metro station cover of dance floor anthem, mm. which. Like, what is that? You know, where did that come from? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is it, the timing, I think, you know, I don't know. I feel like their fans were not necessarily ready for or wanting something like this. Um, maybe not their fans, but like society, I feel like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was not like. It was early. Know. It was very early to do stuff like that. But I applaud it. And like, even yeah. at the time, like, I don't remember having an opinion at the time of it being like bad. I just remember thinking right. it was long and having to like skip yeah. through because like the Steve Aoki one and the predictable one were like more towards the second half. So I remember having to skim through it. But I 
I uh, I definitely will say like it is a very gratuitous album. It's very lengthy. I think it would have maybe done them better to have picked the best four or five, release them as singles, each with mm. like some sort of visual, or just condense it to like an EP. Yeah. 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 That that could have made a difference. I think. Mm-hmm. But I think I think maybe going for volume and just saying like screw it let's just go all the way in it's kind of a bold choice right yeah maybe they were hoping to like more to make an impact than to actually get these songs to be hits or to get people to like critically you know praise the album maybe they just wanted to be seen yeah i mean there wasn't like a big um there are reviews of this album not that many Mm -hmm. um so i don't i don't remember there being like much of a push or or critical response there Mm -hmm. um but there are tons of good morning revival so we're gonna have a lot of fun when we get to those (laughs) (laughs) um last question i want to ask before we deep dive into all black is uh do you have anything that you want to share in regards to your own music like anything you have coming up for sure oh my gosh yeah um so to the people listening uh well first i'll plug my social media and then i'll tell you what i'm doing right now so very very quick so i am an artist producer engineer songwriter everything and i also run a music studio full-time um so i like work with clients and like mix and record and write their music as well so i basically i do music all day 24 7 i I can't get away from it uh so i have two social medias you can follow me on instagram avius musics avius music or avius recordings uh which is the business centered page it's not about me or my music it's just about my studio if you want to work with me um that being said i'm working on a project right now uh like a five song ep i'd say um i'm aiming to release it in the fall i'm super excited and i'm actually glad you asked about it because i think the people who listen to this type of thing would enjoy it because um i really been on a musical journey this year and i'm trying to change a little bit of what i make and i think the influence in like this project there's a little bit of like i don't know if you ever listen to sophie um, I actually, haven't, but yeah, I know. She actually I... just passed away recently. Yes, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. hearing about that. There's a little bit of a 100 Gex Sophie influence on some of the songs. Ooh, okay. But it's very, like, uh, ethereal, yet abrasive, uh, experimental electronic music. So um, I think I think there's, there's some vibes and some notes of, like, what people who listen to this would like. It's interesting. Cool. It's, definitely, it's definitely experimental. I'm definitely kind of pulling a gc greatest remixes here making a bold so there's going to be some moments in that project that are going to make people make a weird face but hopefully <laughs> people will like it so stay tuned yeah uh, october yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to release it and uh very also cool. if you like clothes i'm releasing hoodies soon for my studio so, Ooh, yeah very cool i i mm-hmm. i'm excited to hear that ep i'm, I'm really excited mm-hmm. well so we had connected last fall um, and, you know, you just mentioned your love of this record, but I really want to know why you wanted to talk about All Black in particular. Um, it seems like a standout song to me on the album. Uh, it just feels like there's a lot of angst on this album, but it just feels yes. like very angsty. Um, and like, I don't know. I this is something wrong. I would have written as like a 13 year old obsessed with black <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like it's definitely a standout song. And I think like I've always had the the speculation that it was about like a past flame or a past relationship, but yeah, 
But uh, I mean, at the, like, it just, I like the Rolling Stones line and everything, Johnny Cash, like he dropped some names and like, it almost like it was one of the songs where it, it felt like he's not rapping, but there's some lines that feel a little bit like it's Joel's taking a step in like this kind of braggadocious direction with the lyrics. So yes. it's not only angsty, but he's also kind of like, like what's Hip-hop. the one, um, yeah. oh, like, like the seats in my cat, or lack. like he's like, he's like talking about like almost like cool things where it's like, it's a sad song, but he also is making himself sound kind of badass. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like sad and emo. It feels really dramatic. Mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um what what would you say is like your interpretation of the lyrics like i guess i mean i guess here, here's one question related to that is like do you think the do you get the interpretation that it's like all real stuff in this song or that it's like hey i'm going for a mood i'm going for a vibe i think i think it comes from a real place i think maybe the chorus uh is probably the only part where it's just like let's try to generalize uh, the feeling into like mm-hmm. a, something hooky and something that people can shout. And let's, let's think of like very iconic lines, like the Johnny right. cash, all black rolling stones, painted black. Like he's just throwing references out here, you know? Yeah. And like making people like go, Oh, you know, I can't wait to like sing that part. Cause it, that's fun. But it's like the verses is when I like read these lyrics and, and, and listen to these lyrics, the verse sounds like it's coming from a, like a real place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- I, so what I had in my notes that, um, I, I threw in a Taylor Swift reference that I felt like this was kind of their reputation era, mm-hmm. right? Where they're just kind of like dark and kind of embracing it and just feeling some feelings and, you know, expressing that maybe in their dress, but also just how you put, the, put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like a dark song, but it's not one that makes me like depressed, yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of like you, real friends had that sleepy eyes, bony knees, sad boys thing, right? Like it's it, it almost feels kind of like that. Like a just mm-hmm. look at how dark and mysterious and emotional I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, what makes the song special is that it has like the notes of that angsty yeah. stuff, but like you said, it's not fully. To the point where it's like the most depressing song ever. Like there's this, right. there's a this swag to it. Like hate to use that word, yes. but Joel brings the swag to it, and just the way like the chorus is delivered and stuff, and it it does feel like a very good me- like mesh and uh, like him marrying the styles of like being pop punk, being emo, being yeah. sad, but also kind of feeling still like a rock star and being badass, right? Yeah, like there, I want to scream like the, the chorus when I yeah. It has that it has that class, and that's a classic thing that Charlotte does like. I mean, like, keep your hands off my girl, obviously, is way more in the direction of, like, being um, more of, like, rappy and, like, kind of, like, yeah, has more of that swagger and that, like, badassery, whereas, like, All Black is tilted more to, like, it being emo, but, like, it still has that, like, that has, like, notes of both of them, which is, like, what makes it so special to me, and I think that's why it's a standout track to me. It kind of sums up what the album's about a little bit. Oh, Although All yeah. Black doesn't have as much synth as some of the other songs, so it also does feel like a return to form and like a, a little bit of the sense because like hmm. if the people who are listening didn't enjoy some of the synthy stuff, like All Black is almost like a little bit of a breath of fresh air. So it has that classic GC vibe. 
Yeah. Well, I want to go, I do want to go line by line with some of the lyrics. For but sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about like the production of the song while we're on this note. Mm-hmm. Um, this song begins with an organ, mm-hmm. like an actual literal organ. I mean, I assume it's a real organ. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't in the studio with them. Mm-hmm. But like, what is an organ doing in this song? Are we supposed yeah. to like, is it for dramatic effect? Are we supposed to associate that with like being in a church? Well, there's, there's lines about a church. If I, right. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's intentional. I think it's genius to start off with an instrument like that. And even, even right there, like just starting right off with an organ, like it just pulls you right in. And, uh, right at that moment, like, you're like, okay, this song is dark. You know, I mean, even the yeah. title of the and, song. And then you get like some bells that come in too. So I guess that mm-hmm. definitely feels like church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll try to just like talk about this song, but like yeah, really yeah. quickly, even in the broken hearts parade, there's like beautiful orchestration. Like we have horns and like, I'm pretty sure there's bells in that song. So it's like really tying in the theme of the album. Cause like you said, this song has yeah. or an organ and bells. So it's like, they're really dancing around that idea of like these or- orchestral church sounds, but like also still making it like, you know, emo and still using and somehow still making sense work in that. And I, I just think it's brilliant. And yeah. yeah, I like, I like the addition of the organ in this song. I think, yeah, I, think I, it, yeah. I like the addition of the organ too. Um, it, it definitely, it definitely makes it feel, I feel like organ over synth is the right choice here because mm-hmm. it makes it feel like, Mm-hmm. emotional and emo and angsty and dramatic as opposed to entirely like braggadocious hip-hop swagger dramatic because mm-hmm. 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 if they did like all synths on the intro then yeah it just would have given a completely different vibe totally i could see if i was in the studio producing the song and i knew the direction they were taking the album like i definitely would be tempted to use a synth at the beginning too but sure. like I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if they tried it but yeah i think like using the organ really it's it's about a happy balance between like that going fully into that like dancey synth sound and like knowing when to kind of like be a little more tim burton and like use an organ yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah for sure well let's go line by line we're not gonna go through Mm -hmm. a whole song but i picked out some lines uh that are in my notes and we're just gonna like talk about them take a look at my life all black um, I don't know. I guess that's his like, yeah, I'm feeling my feelings. I'm being a sad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, take a look at my clothes, all black. This one is funny because this album was kind of on the heels of Joel Madden wearing all white <laughs> for a while. I don't know if yeah. you remember that because you would. I do. Pretty- I do. No, I actually do remember. <laughs> I mean, like one thing I'll, I'll remember is like more than what they were wearing is like the constant hairstyle changing of the band. Was always yes. Like- cool to me and iconic right like shout out benji with the massive spikes but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure uh, like the night that we met all black what is he saying here is he saying it was dark out or that like yeah we met and it was like bad from the beginning and things were dark from the beginning i think it's i think he's playing on the idea of, of it being uh either and ambiguous mm-hmm. which is what makes it so cool because the, yeah. the way I interpreted it as a kid when I would listen to it, and even now, is like basically since the day we met, it was bad. Like that's kind of like what he's saying. 
Yeah. But, uh, but I think, I think that's like the subtext, but like, I think at face value, he's saying like the night, the night was black as in it was dark, but I think like reading between the lines means the subtext being like, it was bad from the start. Yeah. 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 I like that subtext for sure. Like the seats in my Cadillac. Is there an actual Cadillac or was this just a, let's kind of, you know, get some swagger and like say things that rhyme and sound good and that make me sound fancy. Yeah. I think, I think that line is purely that because if I was writing this and like, we already have a Johnny Cash line, we already have a Rolling Stones line. We're we're playing on the idea of all black Cadillac rhymes so well with, with what's going on. So well. Yeah. I would have like, no one could talk me out of not using that line. So I think that one's just (laughs) like a a good closer that ties it together. Yeah. I used to see red, now it's just all black. Now, here's here's what I get out of that line is that, like, it, and definitely what makes it me think, like, what you were saying, that it's about, like, a former flame or something. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He used to be mad, and now everything is just dark and sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I maybe always, I'm missing I, some mm-hmm. nuance. I interpreted it as that, too, because, like, seeing red as an expression of being upset, obviously, right? But Right, like, angry. I think it makes more sense if he's using red in the sense of love. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But um, yeah, that's a possibility. Sense. Yeah, I used to see red, but now I just see black because red is such a romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re- seeing red as like love actually kind of mm-hmm. makes more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so this is something I'm like, this is the line I'm very curious about. My mother, she used to tell me, son, you better get to church. It's a dark, dark world and there's evil out there and you know it's only getting worse. So is he saying that as a ba- as a kid, he was like misbehaved or that his mother was trying to protect him from evil? Mm. What do you get out of that? I think it's more of like mom trying to protect him for what's out there. And I think like. That's a good, it's a good yeah. line to use because I feel like the chorus yeah. is kind of like he's he's talking about where he is right now and like it's almost like clearly he didn't listen because it's like I, everything I see is black, all black. Like I <laughs> yeah. used to see red, now it's all black. Everything's evil. <laughs> so yeah. it's like my mom tried to warn me that it's a dark world and like and I didn't listen because I'm a bad yeah, boy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. He talks about like weddings and anniversaries, but I'll go to a funeral if I'm invited any day of the week. Um, which I just noted that that is like some Gerard Way type of shit. <laughs> that is some like My Chemical Romance, some truly goth type of shit. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I'll go to a funeral if I'm invited. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just mentioned the the lines about I sat on a table at the end of the night. I am kind of torn on like whether at first, I think for a long time at first, I was very much imagining this song to be kind of like a riot girl situation. That's not really about a specific person. It's just kind of like imagining meeting someone that is like as emo and dramatic as him. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I could see this song being about like, a real person, a specific person. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of torn because I feel like there this song is so like dramatic that it almost feels like let me paint y'all a picture. Yeah, 
definitely the song definitely feels like a painting and and like especially in these verses like as a kid i would always imagine like i just it, i would paint a picture especially the line like that we just went over uh, a second yeah. ago about like him being young i would imagine like him just like walking through these like rainy dark alleys as like a kid yeah and like kind of and like the funeral like the wedding and anniversary and funeral line like i'm not sure if that has any significance i think it's just more of like you said kind of like this he's just trying to go like full right i don't imagine joel madden is crashing funerals (laughs) and just like you know showing up in all black and crying Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the sat down at the table at the end of the night, having black coffee, cigarette, wasn't wearing white. That's like pretty much the line where like when I heard it, I was like, okay, it's about it could be about someone, or maybe yeah. he's. But that's really the only line where he alludes to it being about uh, a girl. He says she, so like that's the right. only line really. So it could just be him trying to make it um, a relatable theme because it's not until yeah. the second verse that he says that. So. Right, and it could almost be, like, tying in the meeting of that person with where he maybe was at a certain point in life, like, personally, like, outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think that that's an interesting thing to ponder. For sure. Um, we have to shout out, of course, Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones and Man in Black by Johnny Cash that are both mentioned in mm-hmm. this song. Um. I want to discuss, is this song emo and is this song goth? What do you think? Yes, to both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But like I said before, like I wouldn't want to completely pinpoint it as just right. being one because right. it does It does have, it does feel a little bit like, it does have that GC sound where it feels like a little bit, um, I hate using the word rappy because he's not rapping, but like there's something yeah, about but- it that's like, yeah. I mean that that's not like a bad descriptor because like mm-hmm. you know the Madden twins famously have said that like it was going to see the Beastie Boys that made them want to start bands you know so that's that's not true, almost true. rappy is not a bad descriptor at all yeah yeah it's more I'm more I'm more saying it with like hesitation because I don't know I just feel like people might laugh at like the way I'm describing it but like I know yeah. oh I always especially I always got the vibe Benji just like always just wanted to rap I don't know I just like the way yeah. he dresses is like yeah, and I remember my sister telling me that Beastie Boys thing, and I mean, you mm-hmm. can see it throughout their discography. They've they've always had Waldorf had, worldwide. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Even like the way he delivers the line, like it's a dark, dark world, and the like just the flow. Like yeah. he's really chopping it up. Like it's it's almost like he's rap singing it, you know. Well, plus the whole vibe of like talking about his Cadillac, like mm-hmm. that's not something punk bands really do. Like punk bands don't really talk about like cars and their cadillacs yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, punk bands punk bands talk about their cars in terms of like you know the van that they you know bought to go on tour and get out of their hometown well i guess that's like pop punk specifically um exactly i, I think there's definitely an element of emo and maybe goth to this song mm-hmm. but it's not very it's kind of wallowy mm. it's not it, it's it's very dramatic it's not entirely wallowy it's just kind of a, yeah, here, this is just the way I am. And I am like, everything is black and it's all black and it's dark and it's bad and it's dark and black. And- totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wallow is a good word for sure. Yeah. I looked up, I tried to find backstory on this song and I really could not find any backstory on this song. Um, so I guess that's a mystery. Um, 
yeah, didn't didn't really find it. Like they didn't didn't really find it in any interviews or anything um, that I saw. Who knows? Maybe there are some that I missed, but I did do a whole a, a pretty good bit of searching. Mm. Do you do you think um, like from your experience, you know much more than me? Does Good Charlotte as a band like not comment on the, their older songs? Like, do they? Is it more rare of them to like talk about the meaning of a song like this old or? No, I mean they they would they would talk about it, and especially like with stuff that you know relates to older songs and especially with the first couple albums they did some like anniversary um interviews and you know like looking back and like legacy kind of stuff and they might Mm -hmm. talk you know i I saw an interview with the twins where they were talking about prayers and joel even mentioned the anthem in conversation um but you know and I, i was looking at interviews from this album cycle like when this album came out and i just just didn't really even see any that um seem to specifically cite this song and you know i don't mm-hmm. know I, I mean there's so many songs on this album like not every song is going to regularly come up in conversation or interview right exactly yeah exactly um yeah i think um i think if i was them i would probably want to be asked about like my most recent stuff sure like, yeah, exactly yeah. exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm uh not expecting um them to get asked about this song unless someone in like 2022 wants to do like a 15 year anniversary piece on this album Ooh, that would be cool maybe i'll do that maybe i'll um pitch myself for that mm-hmm. um do you have any memories or stories that you want to share about all black um I can like, yeah, I can, I can tell you one that's about all black yeah. as, as well as uh, this album as a whole, because uh, it basically this album reminds me like so much of a trip I uh, took to Florida with my family Okay, and it literally was in 2007. So this was fresh and I had all the songs burned onto my iPod nano. I think it was or not nano. Oh my gosh. I think I just had a, um, whatever it was, man, it was old school. <laughs> and I just remember being in the back of the uh, rental car and we were driving to like Disney in 2007. And like, I would refuse to listen to the music on the uh, radio that my parents were playing. Cause I just wanted to listen to <laughs> GC the whole time, just li- <laughs> listening to uh, good morning revival on my iPod. Um, and uh, I, I don't like remember listening to any of like the songs on the album besides this broken hearts parade. And, what else maybe the river like those three were my fave also keep your hands off my girl but like honestly if i had to pick two like it was it was all black and um broken hearts parade just like on like repeat over and over and over and over again so even to this day like almost 15 years later like listening to the songs the memory hasn't faded like it still reminds me of florida yeah which is f- funny to me because, like, how dreary this album Disney, is. Disney, yeah. Disney, like, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Broken Hearts Parade's a little more um, upbeat, but yeah. it just remind me of driving, uh, like, on the highways in Florida and just, like, it being, like, 7 in the morning, us going to yeah. Magic Kingdom. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I just remember hearing this and being, like, I guess I would have been 15 when this came out and just being, like, yes, they understand. And I wear all black and everyone just needs to know how dark I am inside. Um, 
I, you know, I, I, I got some medication. I got some therapy. So, you know, th- things have improved. Um, I still wear a lot of black though. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, wearing all black's a classic, no matter how old you are. What, you, what genre of music you listen to? Right? Exactly. I'm literally wearing all black right now. I just literally just realized that. <laughs> I am wearing a black hoodie <laughs> mm-hmm. and purple leggings. They're like multi, multiple shades of purple. Mm. Um, but I do have black socks and like almost all of my shoes are black except for my running shoes because it, they had one color of those which was like blue it's just easy like you know you wake up yes, in the morning exactly. it's just like dude all black like everybody owns a lot of black clothes so it's like yeah. there's all they're always available and then on top of that it's just like it looks good together you don't have to worry about like oh crap like does my outfit not match like right. and you look and you look badass like it's not just yeah. like a cop-out like it genuinely looks sick <laughs> but actually yeah. We're all black guys. Yeah. Well, I like to talk about other songs a track relates to. Um, and one that comes to mind for me is The World is Black from Chronicles. Yes. Um, I, I guess the difference is like The World is Black is kind of talking about everything else is bad and dark and scary and sad. And this song is like, I am bad and dark and scary and sad and mysterious right so there's that difference but i i felt that was a necessary um comparison mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i like that album a lot um i'll try to keep this this topic about uh good morning revival but i really like chronicles yeah <laughs> it's so good yeah i like so that song good. world is black I, I i actually now that you mention it it just feel almost feels like a sequel to that song oh yeah yeah or, or a continuation of that theme that's cool yeah well I want to talk about the remix on Greatest okay. Remixes. Mm-hmm. There is a remix of this song uh, by Sean Patwell of The White Tie Affair, which features Matt Devine of Kill Hannah. Thoughts? Thoughts on this remix? I'll just be completely honest with you. Like, not as familiar with it as I am with like, the mm-hmm. other ones I said. Um, I did, like, listen to the album, like, yeah, like yeah. the entirety of the Greatest Remix album yesterday in preparation for this. And uh, I thought it was all right, but like I, I will say, like it's not as familiar to me as like the ones I mentioned before. So. Yeah, it. I I I don't know. I, I really do want to go back into greatest remixes, like after our talk about it earlier. Like mm-hmm. go back into the whole thing because I haven't listened to the whole thing in a while. Um, so I want to go back into it. it it's okay, you know. I, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. it. it I think to a certain extent, I still see it with like 16 year old eyes of like, hmm. this is weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who, who are there? Is there anyone that comes to mind for you that you're like, I would love to hear this person remix all black? Mm, me. Send me this, send me the vocals, good Charlotte. <laughs> God, that'd be so cool. Uh, be so I'm always, cool. I'm always tweeting at Billy on Twitter. Hopefully, one day he'll recognize yeah. me. Yeah, I always, I always thought it was a good, like a match made in heaven, just because like we're both uh, into music production now, like, and we use the yes. same software yeah. as well. Um, there you go. Hey, and, Billy Martin. Yeah. And like, I listen to like his production, and it's like really good. And like, he'll always be asking questions, like, because obviously he's been doing it. Um, for quite some time now, but he hasn't been doing it as long as he's been a guitarist and in a band and obviously right. a visual artist. So he still has questions every now and then. And he'll be tweeting out like, Oh, does anybody know like how to do this or like what kind of like, you know, uh, plugins you use? And then I'll always be tweeting it and I'm like, please notice me. I yeah. want to collaborate with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be but, so cool. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, I had just been thinking I would kind of love to hear Jaws remix this. I don't know why, oh, I, feel okay. like, why I feel like like that would be a very different vibe than I think the White Tie Affair remix. But I don't know. I was just thinking about that and I had just been listening to some Jaws recently and I was like, you know, that could actually be kind of cool. Like Jaws or maybe Cranked At um, could do something really cool with this. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think, uh, like, if like GC released a more modern like re- like remix album, like it could do like a lot, like same concept as this? You think it would do a lot better? I think it has potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if they did like a modern remix album that had fewer tracks, I think I was gonna say yeah, like, e, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like be really careful with like who you ask to remix it, and then exactly. I would say probably like yeah, be very careful. Pick like ten. And then after, like, choose the best, like, four or five. Yeah. Or or pick 15 and choose the best 10 or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, we're going to read some reviews. And, you know, the reviews of this album were not very good. Um, most of these reviews, if not maybe all of them, all of them did not like this song. Mm-hmm. I usually try to balance it and get some good reviews, some bad reviews. Um Pretty much all of the reviews I saw that mentioned this song did not like this song. But mm-hmm. let's get into it. Um, Drowned in Sound gave the album a 5 out of 10. They said that All Black opens with 40 seconds of goth bollocks before spouting <laughs> trite shit about color contrasts. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like they wouldn't be offended by for the term goth box. Like I kind so of. So like are you reading like, no. the re- reading review of the remix album or just the album in general? The album, the album in general. Yeah. Oh, that's I love. Oh, I hate these guys. Yeah, but, if it was but, a remix album, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Like it's yeah. it's different. You can you can talk your talk your talk, but like, come on now. I I kind of feel like the the band would hear that though, goth bollocks. And probably be like, yep, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. They, they have a pretty good attitude about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Music OMH had some thoughts. Once you take the time to look past the kind of lyrical deficiencies that plague uh, the likes of All Black, you start to realize that maybe Good Morning Revival could simply be a case of Joel and Benji having fun with themselves, pandering to the lifestyles they now so heartedly adorn. Uh the effortless yet ridiculous all black bounce about with all the endless enthusiasm of a caffeine induced eight year old on a trampoline. I mean, you can't say it lacks enthusiasm. Yeah. Who's writing this stuff? Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so here, here's one that I kind of want to discuss. The guardian gave the album one out of five. They said the mawkish melodrama of all black is so preposterous that you long for good Charlotte to be poking fun at themselves. Sadly, they are not. Hmm. I kind of think they are. I kind of think definitely keep your hands off. My girl is them making fun of themselves and making fun of club culture. I kind of think they are making fun of themselves here. But I think maybe that's something that didn't really translate, right? I definitely don't think this that the making fun of themselves element translated on this song because all the reviews are talking about how ridiculous it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I just think that maybe they weren't really like understanding of what they were going for at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Absolute Punk was not a fan. So their reviewer verdict was 11% and the membership rating was 28%. Um, they say all black tries its best to be chilling with its pipe organ intro, but all that is lost all that is lost when the music kicks in. How can you take lyrics like take a look at my life all black, take a look at my clothes all black? Seriously, when you see pictures of the Madden boys eating at posh restaurants, spending millions of dollars, and going out to trendy nightclubs with their model girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Give me a break, guys. Um, Two comments from that review I want to read just because I feel like they honestly add context. English Pat says, don't get me wrong, I hate Good Charlotte as much as the next guy, but this review was a bit much. No balance at all. Um, and Splat Out Path said, this is more like a rant than a review. I'm listening to this album for the first time, and yeah, it sounds pretty bad, but you could at least back up your points. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, again, I feel like this reviewer is maybe someone who didn't get, and maybe understandably didn't get that there was a certain element of kind of making fun of themselves, putting on a show. that That's the phrase I've been looking for, putting on a show with this song. Mm-hmm. It's just heartbreaking reading and hearing reviews yeah. of an album I love so much. It's like... Right? Yeah. Um, now Toronto had... <laughs> they said, I got it, I think. Uh, after years and years of hating every ounce of Ma- Maryland's small punk icons get Charlotte, it seems now that the actual trick to enjoying their music on any plausible level is to go into the whole thing with absolutely no expectations. Uh, not even low expectations, nothing. Then you have to get past the fact that lead singer Joel Madden couldn't carry a tune if the fate of the freaking universe hung in the balance, that the band members dress like they're 13, and that there will certainly be some genuinely cringeworthy moments like Madness singing, take a look at my life, all black, take a look at my clothes, all black. If you get past all that, there aren't enough decent, listenable, even catchy moments to make it kind of fun. Just don't tell your friends. Hmm. Goodness. Well, I mean, like, this is the thing. He loses his credibility at the beginning. He or she loses credibility in the beginning when they say that they were never a fan of Good Charlotte. So Right, right. Right there, it's like, okay, well, there's a little bit of bias. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got to mention the Pop Matters review. So I don't know how many episodes of the show you've listened to, but we mentioned Pop Matters quite a bit just because Adrian Bigrand has done a couple good Charlotte reviews that are like just so perfectly capturing the negative, mean spirited reviews that they received that I just like have to keep going back to them. Okay. <laughs> um, Nothing can quite compare to the level of ridiculous the band stoops to on the unintentionally hilarious All Black, a flirtation with goth rock that has us wincing from the bombastic pseudo-orchestral intro. Hmm. Please, Joel, just stop. Wow. You know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of harsh. (laughs) It is. How could you diss the the organ? But I mean, like, calling it goth rock is cool. Like, I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, last review of sourceful mention is from Plugged In uh, by Focus on the Family, which is like a uh, conservative religious outlet basically determining if 
media is suitable for good Christian godly children, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they listed this song under objectionable content on the album. So, you know, this, if you listen to this, you know, I guess you're, you or your, your kid is going to go to hell and this, um, it's not good, (laughs) but they say the singer describes his dark side in a world that's all black, then approaches a girl who shares his Gothic inclinations. Mm -hmm. His Gothic inclinations. That's very dark. You know what? These people are good writers. I'll give it to them. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not wrong. Yeah. Um, some YouTube comments I want to read from a fan upload of the song. The best one was Fabio LeCap who said, and that kids is how I met your mother. <laughs> um, <sighs> Slayer of tears said, LOL, let's all be honest here. This is the most emo song. Good Charlotte's made. Honestly, not wrong. Yeah, I'd say it's up there. It's definitely one of the darker ones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see how. Well, I have to ask. It begs the question: Like, some of these people don't even like Good Charlotte to begin with, right? And right. It's the ones that don't, do they even like emo music? Because when right. I think about people who don't like emo music, a lot of the reasons that they say they don't listen to this stuff is they're just like, "Oh, why would I want to hear about someone complaining?" about how their life is horrible and they hate everything and yeah. so dre- dreary and depressing and it's like cringe or whatever. So I could see how someone listening to a song like All Black is like, oh my gosh, I'm you know 30 seconds in and this guy won't stop talking about how everything is. It's like, oh, boo-hoo. There's some, right, something right. about my supermodel wife or what did that one guy say? So it's like people who kind of think that way are going to, it's going to read that way to, to them and Definitely. they're just going to hate that, especially if they're really committing to a song being angsty like this one. And then even um, uh, the one guy described it as, what was it, goth, goth drab, or he used like some sort of... Goth um, bollocks. Yeah, goth bollocks or something. So it's like, you know, like that's how it's perceived to someone who doesn't like goth stuff from the get-go. It's just going to be like, oh, no, uh, celebration of sadness? Like, uh, count me Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) Like, yeah. Um. One other YouTube comment I'll mention is from Essie, who says, love this song. Does it remind anyone else of the song Hotel California by the Eagles? Mm-hmm. That's uh, weird. Do you get, do you get that? Because I don't get that at all. Mm. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, like still no, but like I think I know why they're saying that. Why? Is it the guitar? I'm trying to think of the guitar riff in, in the Hotel California and – Mm, no i'm not this song it's not all black i'm just i'm humming in my head like the guitar riff of uh to california and like there is like a dark vibe to it and like almost yeah. feel like yeah i don't know maybe that like there, there's parts of like the river that could remind me. i'm trying to think of like just the melody i'm just from a musical standpoint i'm just like going off in my head thinking about where they could have even made that connection i don't see it really yeah but I don't know. Maybe I'll need have to listen to Hotel California again. Yeah. It could be something as simple as them being the same in the same key in the same tempo. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I want to read a couple song meetings comments. Adam Aunt Eve says that the funeral line is so Harold and Maud to me. I am imagining them just like hanging out at funerals. I'm curious to hear what this song is like. I think this review came this review was like before the album was released. 
So like the lyrics were online, but people hadn't actually heard the song yet. I guess someone leaked the lyrics. Mm. Um, Young Love R said, this song is one of the bad songs on the CD. Not the music. It's just really lame, specifically the spooky intro. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, Beautiful Place said this one should have been trashed. Well, I guess I guess if your username is Beautiful Place, we we know which song you do like on the album. <laughs> um, Oleander said, "I don't get this song. Is he being sarcastic? Trying to show how other people view him? The rest of the song sounds like it could be serious, but the funeral line makes it sound more sarcastic. That's a good point. Trying to show how other people view him. Mm. You know, like talking about like." Oh, you think I'm emo? Hell yeah, I wear all black. I go to funerals. Like, I, you know, hang out with girls that smoke cigarettes in the dead of night. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I am emo and dark and goth and dramatic and I wear all black. Um, mm. I actually like that, that trying to share how other people view him. That's an interesting take. I like that. Yeah. Well, I really want to know, how has the song held up for you over time? I uh, honestly, I now after talking about it for like an hour, I want to listen to it again and, and see how yeah. I feel because like it's interesting seeing these people. I've never it's never come across to me as, as being um, corny and uh, goth bollocks and all that. But I want to try. Yeah, right. I want to try to see their perspective. I know I'll still like it at the end just because of the sentiment uh, that's attached to it. But sure. I think it's I think it's still held up. I, I think um, now that I'm older and. I'm someone who does music for a living. I can I can see their points. Um, yeah. I don't think it's my favorite on the album. I still think it's a standout song, though. Yeah. I do like, I think uh, if there's anything, any line and any lyrics that I think did age well, it's all the uh, Johnny Cash, Cadillac, Rolling Stone mm-hmm. lines. I think it's I think there's charm to that. I like that. To me, that makes me smile when I hear Joel like reference things like that. I think it's cool. Uh, I think it has personality. Yeah. I think it has life to it. Um, any, if any line like aged poorly, maybe, I guess like maybe the funeral line could come off a little corny. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, we get it. But like, I love the chorus. So yeah. If, if he's talking, if this song is supposed to be kind of making fun of how other people see him and making fun of the fact that he knows that other people think he's like super doom and gloom and goth, then mm-hmm. the funeral line I mean, it's definitely, like, jokey, but, like, then the funeral line kind of almost makes more sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely a level of, like, meta that is not necessarily clear if you're not really thinking about it, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Well, what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years, and how has that changed? Mm. What What do they mean? Have, like, say it again? What have they meant to you over the years and how has that changed? Like how has, um, I wouldn't say it's changed. I think, I think they're, uh, I'll say like what they mean to me is like, they represent, they definitely represent my youth. And, um, because I'm a younger, uh, well, younger than my sister and everybody she knows younger GC fan, they represent my youth and they're definitely a big part of my musical journey. Um, one of the many kind of pop punk, uh, emo acts that I, was in love with at the, that time, probably the most out of, out of, you know, 
any of them just because of who my sister is. And I think after them would have been something like Simple Plan or something. But they, I think they really played a part in the music that I listened to at the time and music that I would listen to after them and still the music that I listen to today. And uh, like I said, there, there was the first CD I ever remember owning was Chronicles. And then, and then after that, um, Good Morning Revival. So yeah, wow. like no matter what anybody says about them or how many good or bad albums they release, or even if they stop making music, like GC will always be like one of my like first bands that I even remember being yeah. aware of. So they're, they're oh like, they feel like the, it feels like the start of my musical journey. Like GC was there, you know? Yeah. I love that. Avius. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, do you have any last words about all black, about good Charlotte or about yourself? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, I'll talk about Good Charlotte just for one more second here. Yes. Um, I've always wanted to work with them. <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said it earlier, um, I think if anybody uh, of them is going to work with me, it's going to be Billy. I always uh, felt a connection with Billy. Like my favorite me- like member is always Benji growing up just because I thought he was just the coolest with his hair and stuff. Oh, yeah. But now that I'm older, I realize that Billy is like really the secret weapon of that group. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just super cool. And like, I, I still to this day follow like them closely, like with him on social media and like what he's doing. But any of them really in any sense, like I would love to work with them. And uh, yeah, I, I still am excited to see what they're going to do. And if they ever come to Detroit again, like I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. I Amazing. love GC, GC forever. well thank you so much so we have a generation gc and friends spotify playlist so i'll put all black i will put the remix of it and then i would love to hear from you like which song of yours should we add and then uh, just a suggestion from you anything you've been enjoying recently that's not gc or your own music cool um you want want me to tell you right now something i've been enjoying recently um uh, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll just say it because like I was thinking like maybe I should say something that's like pertaining to like the genre, but like no, whatever you're yeah, doing whatever. Like. Um, I've been listening to a ton of Aphex Twin lately. Okay, I have like my my musical um people are always like oh I listen to everything but country. Like I even listen to country. Like I literally listen to anything, man. <laughs> yeah. I listen to Noise, like a half hour album of Noise. Um, I love right now. I'm listening to Aphex Twin. Uh, a lot of Sophie. Um. A lot of little Sims. She's like a UK rapper. Sure. Um, always listening to the Gorillas. I'm obsessed with Young Lean uh, and the Sad Boys. Blade, Echo 2K. Uh, a lot of Swedish artists and uh, anything that really like falls in like cloud rap or hyperpop or experimental like ambient techno. Like I'm, I'm really in that like underground European sound right now. Like that's what I've been yeah. dancing around. So hell yeah. Um, which song of yours should we put on the playlist for fam- people to uh, listen to? Um, I'm trying to think what would what would be the best. Like, I think my most like so far critically acclaimed is a song called "Intertwine." Okay, uh, just because it's like really dancey and like synth pop. But I'd say like putting "Strength" on the playlist would be probably the best bet because it's dark and dreary. And like, I Ooh. think if you're someone that likes that kind of music you're going to vibe with the kind of soundscape almost feels like parts of it almost feel like a movie score 
Um, Perfect. And it's very, uh, very atmospheric and very uh, instrumental at times. So I think, I think that one would resonate with the listeners. So. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you, Evius. Um, did you want to just repeat your socials for everyone? Of course. Um, so, I mean, I have Twitter, I have everything, but Instagram is where I'm the most active. Sure. So on Instagram, it's Avius Music. So at A-V-I-U-S Music or my business account. Uh, if you're someone who is an artist or a producer that wants to learn, I'm constantly posting tips and stuff. It's Avius Recordings. So at A-V-I-U-S Recordings. And then on Twitter, if you want to see me be a hooligan and not act professional and just tweet about <laughs> random stuff. That's how we all are on Twitter. It's just okay. Yeah. It's just That's what I like about Twitter. It's like, you know, yeah. all these other social medias, you put out, a, yeah, you put up yeah. a front of how your life is in Twitter. It's like, hey, no. No. <laughs> I'm eating a sandwich on the toilet. So yeah. yeah, Twitter, Twitter, it is okay <laughs> and encouraged to be completely unhinged. Exactly. My Twitter is at official avius. So. Amazing. Yes, well, yes. thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad Loriana suggested I reach out to you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 61 of Generation GC. Last week, we talked about Predictable from the Chronicles of Life and Death. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. My name is Molly Huddleston. I've been your host. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleston, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure to follow the show, subscribe wherever you listen, and please join the Generation GC Fam Facebook group. Come hang out, be a friend. Let's all, let's all talk. We'll have a good time. Thanks for tuning in.